Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or a psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly recommended. What does ponder actually mean? Well, according to one dictionary, it means to weigh in the mind to think about and reflect on. On our Let's Ponder episodes that are shared on the Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity podcast, we discuss taboo and questionable subject matter. For example, size. Does it really matter? Or do you really want to know the number of partners your significant other has been with? How about being in a sexless marriage? These and other topics are what we talk about on Let's Ponder. Welcome to Let's Ponder on Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca. And boy, do I have an interesting episode today. (laughs) Oh man, it's about whether or not uh, the amount of partners that your current spouse or partner has in their past, if, if it matters. Do numbers matter? And I received a great short story from somebody through my website and I will read that today. I'm going to read an article today about sharing sexual history with people that you're with and then I recently joined a Facebook group. Now the name of it was along, I don't want to say which group it was, but it was along the lines of what I thought was female infidelity. It could be about female infidelity, but it's not approached the way that I deal with things. Let's just put it that way. But there are several people on that group and they are wide open about information and everything. So I surveyed that group about this topic and I received some interesting feedback. And so I will share that. I really didn't get much of anything from listeners. I think one Uh, post or comment um, from one of my very loyal listeners who he'll send me emails and suggestions and he knows (laughs) he knows who he is without me even saying a name Um, and of course I don't say names right because we keep anonymous Uh, but I will share his post as well so let's get started message here is a little info for your ponder This may seem a little rambling, but I'm trying to get most of the details there, but be as brief as possible. So to provide you some input, I know this seems weird, but back when I met my spouse, we had many long and intimate talks. One of the topics was the number of past partners. At 48 years old, I have had only six partners, five prior to my wife. My wife told me her number was eight, which held to her story for many years. She said in her younger days, she was abused by older relatives, three to seven years older, and friends of theirs, but it was mostly soft things like petting and oral, as well as some dry humping over clothes. But her admission was only sex with eight. Well, I later learned it was full on and more than she had admitted to. But all in all, she said that involved maybe five or six of the ones who did other things. 
Well then, about five years ago, she was in a car accident. She suffered a severe concussion and had severe headaches and a closed head injury and had to go to counseling for memory and try to go through those memory issues associated with the head injury. So one afternoon I drove her to her session and this time she asked that I was not in the session and she told of the abuse because she was having night terrors and didn't want me to know everything. On the ride home, she mentioned the extreme number of partners in her life, and I of course thought she meant the eight. And I said, that's not really a high number. Her response was, well, my counselor seemed to think over 50 was pretty high. That was quite the shocker to me. We talked a little more, and she admitted she had intercourse with many guys when she was young and through her teens. She had her son at age 15 and daughter at age 20. Both were from her high school boyfriend and first husband. Now, earlier on in our marriage, I knew some of the crazier things she did while married to her first husband. He let a friend watch them. Also, her boyfriend after her divorce let a friend watch and the friend joined, so she dated both for a few months. My wife said of the more than 50, about 20 were in her teens. She said she only cheated on her first husband once, but later admitted it was actually twice. In my head, the numbers didn't add up because I met her when she was dating the two friends who had threesomes with her. I also knew she was hooking up with another guy there too. So knowing her husband, the 20th-ish as a teen, and the two affairs during her first marriage, and the three between plus me didn't add up. Of course, since the head injury, she has been a completely different person, and I have heard some rather suspicious comments. She has been distant and non-sexual with me. About a year and a half ago, she had an HPV diagnosis, and when she told me, she said she was not surprised, which was kind of an odd response to me. I have learned more, but I primarily wanted to comment about the numbers and the discrepancy. We have been sexless for over six years now, and I have done digging and have learned about a few instances, not in full detail, but I know she more than likely cheated. As far as the large discrepancy, I guess it wouldn't have bothered me if she hadn't lied about it when we met. I also would say the numbers not matching bother me as well. I have learned to understand the number was higher when we met, which I accepted. But the fact that the numbers don't come close bothers me and also the probability of her infidelity. Even some of the wilder things I know of her past, which she has told me details about when we were first married, were not things which upset me at all. So in this situation here, I can understand, just be honest, is what he is basically saying. And I'm sure that's unsettling not to know the truth, especially if she was unfaithful. Um, and I know you sent this to me. If you're listening, you sent this to me a little while ago when I first put this out um, for the request. And I'm just wondering how things are going and have you found out more information? And if you find out she was unfaithful to you, what is going to happen from there? Keep in touch, please shoot me a message and let me know how things are going. And thank you for sharing.
Okay, so now I'm going to read to you from the research survey from that Facebook group. So I had three comments from women. And when I was moving the posts around, I seem to have lost one of the comments. There were only three from women. The rest of them were all men. Um, and so that first one, I do not remember what it was. Something happened when I was working on my Google Docs. And um, so, but I'll read the two that I have. So it said, the question, of course, the same thing. Do numbers matter in your, you know, the past of your partners? The women said, no, the current state is more important in my opinion. And the other one said, not at all. Pretty basic, straight to the point. Okay, so the men's answers are, depends on the number. Is it triple digits? Grown people make decisions. Children make mistakes. Look, everyone has a past. It doesn't matter. It did to begin with because she was sexually active. She gave all those penises the time of their lives. Now she's a starfish and my penis needs the attention she gave to all of them. Otherwise, I am bringing in another female for FFM, female, female, male, to compete with her. Okay, well, appreciate your straightforwardness there. Past is the past. It shouldn't matter. Personally, I like that she's been with a lot of men and still is. I'm a cuckold, so that's my preference. Side note, cuckold. That's one thing that keeps coming up on this group. And, and I've had other people reach out to me in regards to it. So I think that'll be an upcoming ponder. We'll have to stay tuned on that one to see if I decide to pull people's info on that. Okay, keep going here. Depends, really. Each is their own and can imagine the more would be good sex stories. LOL. I do. If she has never had sex, I wonder if she could please me. If she had 200 partners, I wonder if one is what she wants. My love language is touch, so I need touch to feel loved. That is not the same as sex. Hardly. But hold my hand, kiss me, and yes, occasionally, let's go crazy. So they need to be able to go a bit crazy sometimes, including initiating. A female friend of mine asked me when we were walking through the forest, do you want to fuck? LOL. She was playing, but she was not kidding on possibilities. Love her playful spirit. The point, I think some guys want to believe she has turned wild for them or they have roped in the wild one. Me. I want a woman that knows what she is doing. Innocence is cute and all, but that is not minimally interesting. Great. My wife admitted to having hundreds and I still married her. I can say the number is not going down. I responded with a question asking if they were in an open relationship or swingers. He said, I let her do what she wants as long as I know. Pretty sure there have been a couple of times that she's not admitting. And then someone asked uh, the person, do you think you could have a bearing on how you were okay with the number? For example, a person who would not be okay with it might be different. The response to that was, lots of guys might not like it because of trust. 
I told her from the beginning I wouldn't try and change her. Just don't lie to me. And then there's a bunch of real short ones, so I'm just going to run through those. The more she has had gives more to chat about in bed together. Depends. Really, each is their own and can imagine the more would be good sex stories. That doesn't matter to me personally. It's a hang-up. Why should it matter? Yes, I like that number high. Not at all, my dear friend. It's what's in her heart that counts. That was nice. No. In fact, I actively seek partners who have had previous experience. Seeing how many I've had, I have no right to judge anyone. Few guys care. Most don't. And then this one. I have no idea. (laughs) Hearts matter more. Use it or lose it. LOL. Nope. I prefer experience. Nope. It all depends if she sold ass or not. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Nope. Not an issue at all. Nope. Why would it? It shouldn't matter the past number or future numbers do. They matter in your relationship. Mostly, no, the number has no bearing on anything, but I would like to know if they have a big zero or one in that category. It will make a difference on how I initiate. Not unless it's at a hooker-prostitute level. Over 2,000 ladies so far started when I was 13 to 30 and I still got married, and I'm still racking them up. Okay. Then a person wrote, depending, and I asked, can you elaborate? And he said, what if she was a streetwalker? And I said, very good information to know about. And then someone asked me, well, that is different information. If you knew she was a streetwalker and got past that, would the number matter? I think he meant for the other person, but it was responded to me. So I'm sharing it. If the subject is love, the numbers do not matter. If the number is important, that person is not in love. No, but the number of current ones might be good to know. And then I had 14 total of just no's, nope, those type of things. So pretty interesting group. And then I have this one here. I think the answers here are far from typical. No offense, but reading the posts, it seems that there are many men who are who are significant others and who are okay with the wife stepping out. Cuck or hot wife swinging. And it's not the same as your standard relationship and the guy who seeks out a married woman. Things change, but it seems at least way more men will care. That does not mean most won't hook up with a woman, but countless Reddit and other stories are out there about how a woman lies about her number. And it's really 13 as to as opposed to what she may have initially admitted. And I guess that's kind of like what I started off today's episode with that story. And the engagement ends and such. It seems, though, many less women care about the number. When I was younger, I was a virgin until I was an adult and chose that. I got hit on, but hoped to save myself for marriage. 
I can say that I generally had a connection with every woman I had sex with or even loved her or was in a relationship when in my 20s. And yes, a number would matter. Not sure what that would be. In my 40s, possibility of being single one day the way my marriage is, I do not think it would matter as much. But I still think that, how can I value and respect you if you have none for yourself? I think the example that concerns me is the woman who, well, the sex was not any good, and they do it just for attention. Those I find personally very dangerous to a guy who generally is a good guy who prefers relationships and stuff like that. Some can be good partners, but also if they are trying to seek validation through sex, a douche of a guy can likely say the right things, especially if a couple is having problems, and then you have a podcast episode. (laughs) Yep. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when they uncovered the truth. She walked in all happy like everything was normal when she saw me sitting at the desk. She knew something was wrong from the look on my face. When she asked me what was wrong, she walked over to my side and saw what I was looking at. She looked sick and started crying. I asked her to tell me what this was. She fell to her knees and started begging for forgiveness. After what seemed like an eternity, she composed herself and tried to explain, but I cut her short and said, was there any more? And she froze. I have known her for 20 years, and the look on her face told all I needed to know. I told her to pull everything up she had and show it to me. She started crying again and said it would only hurt me more. I told her it was too late for that, and if she didn't do it, I would walk out forever. To hear bonus stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship and have early access to regular episodes ad-free, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as $3 a month. So before we jump into the article I wanted to share, I just wanted to do some requests from you for future ponder episodes. And I have um, talked about it in the past um, episodes. Um, But I'm just going to remind you that I am looking for one night stands disasters. Did you meet up decide, hey, whether you'd been talking and dating and then went home and you know, we're planning a hookup or it was somebody you just met, whatever the circumstances. And it was a disaster. Some of the stories that I've been getting um, from this group have been hilarious. <laughs> and I'm looking for more. So if you've had a disastrous one night stand that you think you would like to share, shoot me an email. Um, I'm also looking for stalking. And 
I know it's not easy to admit or want to talk about it, but did you have somebody who was stalking you? And if you did, I want to know what happened. All of us want to know. Share your stalking story. Send them to me. And also um, this next one. (laughs) And it's one that I I have a little bit of information on, but I'm still trying to get more. Um, So if you go downtown on your partner or you were going out, not necessarily your regular partner, but a new person and you wanted to go downtown, if you know what I mean, you know, or like the song says, So go downtown, things will be great when you're downtown, no finer place for sure. Or (laughs) maybe it is, and I probably shouldn't sing that song because I don't want to get in trouble for um, copyright stuff. Anyway, I've had some of those come in and they are great and curious. It happens. Sometimes people don't believe in personal hygiene. That could be cultural. Sometimes people don't realize that maybe they've had a sweaty day and didn't take a shower. So if you've got anything like that, again, email me and sorry, my voice is still not doing well after being sick. Whatever this crud was in Vegas stuck with me. And no, it's not herpes. But whatever it was, it came back with me. So this article is from Psychology Today, and it was published back in November of 2020. It is called, Should Couples Really Share Their Sexual History? The Value of Romantic Curiosity and Self-Disclosure. And it was uh, written by, I hope I can (laughs) pronounce this, Aaron Benzeev, PhD, and reviewed by Abigail Fagan. I never talk about the past unless they ask. Even then I say, are you sure you really want my past to be your present? Julia. One who is too curious in observing the labor of bees will often be stung for his curiosity. Alexander Pope. Ignorance is bliss. Thomas Gray. Self-disclosure is important in romantic relationships, but should it include one's sexual history? Does it promote healthy endurance of romantic relationships? These issues are disputable. Curiosity, the wish to gain more knowledge, is essential to human life. There is a long philosophical tradition that views knowledge as vital to a good life. A different tradition considers knowledge as a stumbling block to happiness. Adam and Eve were expelled from the Garden of Eden because they ate from the Tree of Knowledge. Similarly, in the world of romance, one song states that to know you is to love you, while another insists that familiarity kills desire. And that mystery is valuable in love and sex. The problematic nature of past knowledge is also expressed in Ingrid Bergman's claim, happiness is good health and a bad memory. It is common to be curious about our partner's sexual experiences, both present and past. However, while their present sexuality may be relevant to the current relationship, their past experiences are often not. Here, I focus on our curiosity of our partner's past sexuality, more significant in our times when people have had more sexual partners, and the feasibility of reunion is greater. Question, do you tell your new partner about your exes? 
Here are some answers by women to the question of whether to tell their current partner about their exes. I can say that this pushes men to envy in comparison while making them restless. Hence, it is a very bad idea. Of course, everything depends on a specific man and his level of self-esteem. Lila. Do not say anything. Zero. The beginning of a relationship should be with a clean slate. My previous sexual experiences should not impact the current one. Eva. I try to keep my privacy and do not reveal much information. I share some positive aspects of the current relationship as compared to previous ones, as it generates positive comparison. Similarly, I do not want to hear about their past lovers unless the comparison is favorable to me. Ophiria. I've slept with almost 100 men, and this is nobody's business, just my shameful past. I have chosen not to further punish myself by telling any boyfriend. The question of numbers always comes up, and I always say 30. Jane. After 20 years of marriage, I told my husband about my ex. He was extremely upset and our relationship has become hostile, on the verge of divorce. Marion. Question. What should not be discussed? My ex would have a really bad habit of telling me all the men she slept with, penis sizes, intimate details like that, and it would really piss me off. John. It is perhaps obvious that we should not tell our partners everything, especially not at the beginning of the relationship. Tracy Cox suggests eight things you should never tell your partner. One, how good was your ex in bed? Two, how sexually good you were with other lovers. Three, past behavior that doesn't reflect who you are now. Four, giving exact numbers of sexual partners. Five, favorably referencing the same ex more than once. Six, playful boasting designed to make one's partner jealous. Seven, any reference to penis size. And eight, I've never had a problem having an orgasm before. <sighs> These prohibitions try to avoid lethal comparison to your current partner. The list can be expanded to issues such as the wonderful vacation you spend in Italy Odd things like what one's ex liked to do in bed, how you met, good traits of the ex, how your girlfriends loved him, how the ex is similar and different from your current partner, the presents he bought you, how he broke your heart, and that you still have feelings toward him. If people still want to provide information about their sexual past, it is preferable to give vague and open-ended information. The importance of self-disclosure. I asked and told. Many men refrain from asking, as it is harder for them to know that their partner slept with many men. There is still a strong negative attitude toward women with a rich sexual past than men with such a past. Jane. Most men do not like to hear details about the sexual adventures of their female partner with other men, especially when such details dwarf them. Lucy. Despite difficulties in disclosing previous intimate details, self-disclosure enhances intimacy. 
Indeed, many counselors recommend disclosing your sexual past to your new partner, enabling consequent benefits, such as enhancing mutual knowledge, strengthening trust and sincere communication, avoiding repetition of past mistakes, and reducing suspicion about your past. The value of self-disclosure is particularly evident when it comes to sexually transmitted diseases. Notwithstanding these benefits, studies indicate that positive biases and illusions are valuable in making romantic relationships more satisfying and less distressing. Sustaining a sense of security often requires weaving an elaborate story that both embellishes a partner's virtues and minimizes their faults. Regardless, not sharing information is not necessarily hiding it. It may be retaining one's deserved privacy. Additionally, there are gender differences. Generally, women are more vulnerable than men in intimate relationships, and there is a stronger negative stigma for women having sex with many men. Although gender differences are shrinking now, a detailed sexual self-disclosure by women may be more harmful and likely to make their partner more jealous and insecure. One can argue that early self-disclosure can reveal the jealous and insecure nature of their partners. This is true, but such characteristics may be easier to detect in other circumstances without the risk of hurting the partner. Another gender difference concerns the timing of sexual self-disclosure. Based on her experience, Hannah said that most men are egocentric. They prefer to talk than to listen. Even on the first date, they brag about their sexual performances, thereby eliminating my wish to share about myself. Question, to tell or not to tell? My second husband asked me whether my first husband's cock was bigger than his. I did not want to lie and said yes, very much so, Rebecca, and no, that was not me. It is important to tell him how many men you've slept with after meeting him. Harold. There is no golden rule determining what and when to tell your current partner about your sexual partners. It depends on the nature and development of the bond. Generally, not revealing anything is problematic and sharing all details is worse. Open and sincere discussions are significant, though the question of timing is crucial. Sharing details of your exes on a first date through tiring stories is unadvisable. A better way to get to know each other is through ongoing interactions that reveal your authentic nature. Sexual self-disclosure enhances the toxic aspect of comparison. Thus, Rebecca's second husband, who asked her about her first husband's penis size, thought for many years that her first husband was better in bed as well, something that was untrue. This is an example of sincerity that destroys relationships more so than insincerity. Unlike the prevailing view that encourages us to share our deepest secrets, conversely, escape can be valuable in coping with harsh reality. There is no sense in focusing on past events we cannot change, for this only increases negative rumination. Not discussing one's previous sexual behavior is, in a sense, avoidance of an emotional minefield. People should avoid revealing specific details that may have an enduring harmful impact. Describing past experiences should not result in comparing or evaluating one's present partner, but rather create positive learning that enhances the existing relationship. This is possible 
if done with great moderation and sensitivity. So it says this post is based on um, a recent book, The Arc Love, How Our Romantic Lives Change Over Time. And I'm assuming that was the PhD person. But I will have uh, the link to this article, of course, in my episode notes. And when I was going back up here to those eight reasons not to say, or eight things not to say, rather, number three said past behavior that doesn't reflect who you are now. And that has come up before when they talk about people and their infidelity. Do you tell your partner now that you were unfaithful in the past? Some people do believe once a cheater, always a cheater. Maybe there is a higher risk of um, being unfaithful. Maybe there's not. Maybe the things that the partner was missing with their previous partner, you are able to fill those voids. Of course, cheating on somebody and starting a relationship with that person is not usually a very good uh, way to start. And those relationships, I can't say they don't last, but they definitely are more at risk of not working. But just knowing, because I've had to confront, I I mean, uh, my husband that passed away, I shared with him obviously my infidelity stuff because he was with me and he was alive when I started this podcast and the Marine he has never been unfaithful and you can tell he is so honest about everything but he knows my past and of course he knows about my podcast and you know it's not something I'm proud of but I'm helping other people so I use that as a way of saying, hey, this is what I'm doing to give back. Um, So, you know, I I think that, no, you don't meet somebody and the first questions are, hey, how many people have you fucked? Hey, so have you done a threesome? Hey, are you into this? Or hey, you know, no, 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 probably not if you're serious about wanting to get to know somebody. But if it becomes a healthy conversation and it's going to be beneficial to talk about it, Or if the person you're with is very insecure, it's not something to talk about. Um, And those, kind of like what the article said, you can definitely, you can measure, you know, the type of person that you're looking at and considering that relationship with. Um, If they're very insecure, is that something you want to be around or not? Type of a thing. So anyway, this was a fun episode to do and I appreciate everybody who participated. And don't forget what I had requested a little bit ago about hygiene, disastrous one-night stands, stalking situations. Even if you stalked somebody, you're anonymous. It doesn't matter, and I'm not going to judge you. I'm the one who knows who you are. No one else will. And, you know, we all do things that we're not proud of. But uh, anyway, thanks again. Uh, Next week, we're going to have a new story. Um, It'll be called Taste of Poison. And it's actually a follow-up from a previous story. Last, gosh, no, it must have been in 2020, maybe early. I ran a story about a couple. Uh, One of them was on Patreon. Um, His story of when he was unfaithful and met this woman who was also married or in a separation and then she sent me her story as well and it seemed like these people were going to work out but they didn't 
it was it was it was sad to see but there's been a lot that's happened since then and she has sent in a follow-up but the name of it is taste of poison so you'll definitely have to check that out it will stream on june 26th or june 24th if you are a patreon subscriber thank you for listening to raw truth stories of female infidelity your support of the podcast is truly appreciated be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. There, you will find story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon, and an opportunity to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story, share feedback about the show, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com or mail to Rebecca Adams, P.O. Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Each story is taken into careful consideration, read without judgment, and always anonymous. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is written, produced, and edited by me, Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.